Welcome to the Bacon Game Sports Pod. Your source for the latest on baseball, football, and whatever else he feels like talking about. Get ready. Here is your host, Jesse. Hey guys, welcome back to the Bacon Games Pod. It's Jesse, and just Jesse. There are no guests on this one. It's just going to be me. I wrote a whole script, because it doesn't take me 8,000 hours to watch film anymore. So I had time to write a script this week, and uh, it looks pretty dope. I'm very excited to um, to share it with you guys. Uh, we're going to... not. We're not just... This is the first podcast, God, I guess in like 20, 20 fucking weeks probably, or some shit like that, that it's not just reviewing games. I'm going to be going over some other stuff in the, LB, uh, in the NFL, and we're going to be talking a little bit of baseball. Not not too much, because, um, I mean, stuff did happen for sure, but, like, I, you know, I think I'm really just tuned into the football world a lot more right now than the baseball world, so uh, that's what we're fucking doing, guys. Um, so we're going to go over coaches. It's the first thing we're going to do, because um, I haven't talked at all really about that, except a little bit on, like, the lateral show and stuff like that, if you watched me on last Thursday. Uh, I talked a little bit about that. I'm going to talk about Phil Rivers. We're going to talk a little bit about Drew Brees, their retirements, their Hall of Fame, possible career stuff. And we're going to go into baseball, right? And then we're going to finally wrap it up with the same old, same old predictions of the games and where I'm betting stuff and how I'm doing. Uh, last week, I will say, as a recap, was pretty disappointing. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was, uh, yeah, I was pretty disappointed um, that fucking Kansas City couldn't cover because um, they lost Mahomes, they definitely would have covered if they had Mahomes there, and, uh, fucking the Ravens, man, that really tore my heart out, that was the one team I was rooting for, I was really excited for the Ravens, I thought they were real good, they are real good, they lost Lamar for a little bit, although the backup didn't look too bad, he did miss a wide-open Hollywood Brown on a deep breath that really hurt me, but it was the pick six, obviously, when they were down seven, it's 10-3, they they're on the goal line, threw a pick six, that's just, there's no way they were gonna win after that, but they had a shot, um, the Bills don't deserve to be where they are currently. Like, there's no way they beat a healthy Kansas City team, but maybe it won't be a fully healthy Kansas City team. That's something we'll have to watch or wait for on Sunday, which is where I'll be placing my bets. Except for maybe that plus one. I did, I, I guess I said this before the podcast, or I, I definitely did say it before the podcast, but, you know, on FanDuel, there's like a boost river. I got a, a plus, this is plus 150 for this. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers combined for 600 passing yards, <clears throat> and I can put 50 bucks on that. I put up to 50 bucks on that. If we go to, um the, well, I guess NFL.com, right, to check it out, like, if we go to NFL.com to, like, see what they had, uh, what they did combined for last week, I bet it's over 300, like, I, I, I bet it is, right, I would assume so, at least, uh, this was the divisional round, right, let's check, I, I, I'm gonna check to see what their combined thing, because, I mean, I know Packers dominated, but he also, you know, Rodgers runs for touchdowns and stuff, you know, I mean, he, he doesn't just fucking thing, I just want to see the Buccaneers, why are you not... Dude, NFL is so weird. Let's just go to NFL schedule, right? That's way easier if we just do it like this. Because I, I do... I want to see... Um, yeah, I just, I just want to see the fucking... Um, the goddamn stats from last, last, last year, you know? Or last week. Wait, not conference championship. Fucking divisional round, dude. Give me a box score. All right, Rodgers threw for almost 300. And Brady only threw for 200. Dude, do I have to, can I take the under on that? No, I have to take the, I have to take that. Um, <laughs> shit, man. That's actually, hmm, interesting. The highest wasn't even 300, like, and no one, no one would have combined for over that. That's very interesting. Um, but I, I do think Rodgers can carve up a very young Tampa Bay second. I, I feel like Tampa Bay also, we'll get to this when we talk about Tampa Bay in a little bit. I think Tampa Bay is a little bit too inexperienced on the defensive side in order to beat Green Bay. 
But we'll, we'll get to that when we get there. Anyway, let's get into my, my coaches and my big fucking script. Haven't even started the script yet. That's how great this one's going. All right. So let's talk about the coaches, coaches first. Um, my current list, it's actually pretty funny, my list of guys that I want for my organization as a head coach hasn't changed in about, since the coaching carousel started, so like two weeks, three weeks ago, it goes Doug Peterson, Eric Bieniemy, then Urban Meyer. Those are my three guys that I want. Um, and fun fact, Peterson and Bieniemy have yet to be hired. So I wonder how the rest of this is going to go. <laughs> let's, let's go through some of these coaching hires. We're going to save Urban Meyer for last, because as most of you know, I'm a Jaguars fan, and I love the most to say about him. So, let's do the first thing. Uh, first thing was Salah, um, or Salah. I'm not really sure how to say his name. First uh, Muslim-American coach, I believe, in NFL history. That's fucking pretty based. Um, so good for him. Um, he has, what, I've been using this fucking phrase so many times, so much this week, this month, this past few weeks. Herculean task. Salah has a Herculean task. Um... To overcome with the Jets. If he were to get, like, in the next two years, anywhere close to seven wins for this team, it would be incredible. Um, I, I'm just kind of out on him because I think defensive coaches taking over teams probably have a bad track record, or at least in my mind they do, because the Jaguars have been doing that for a while, and it hasn't been good. Um, so I'm kind of out right now, currently, on defensive coordinators taking over for head coaches. Even though Salah does come highly recommended, and it's probably what people would consider one of the better coaching hires, but I'm kind of out on this, uh, on these guys, uh, on him specifically, um, it's cool what he's done in San Fran, especially when they lost a lot of pieces this year, the defense kind of, it, it definitely skipped a beat a little bit, especially early on this season when they, you know, lost, uh, their linemen very early, and, and Sherman and all that stuff, uh, but still, it's good for him to do that, but still, being a, being a defensive coordinator and going to theirs is a little tough, I think, for him, um, so I'm kind of out on the Salah hiring, um, I think there's a lot of problems in the Jets, that don't really stem from the head coach anyway, but obviously uh, upgrading over Gase is, or anything is an upgrade over Gase. I will say that again. Salah's an upgrade over Gase, so at least they did that. Um, but I'm still still not a big fan of this fire. Or higher, not fire. The next one is Dan Campbell. And I saw a lot of memes or a lot of stuff going on on Twitter today that I didn't put in the script, but I kind of wish I had. But I saw he was like the dude or whatever uh, on his thing. He's 44 years old. That's probably about what the dude in the Big Lebowski was supposed to be in his 40s, right? So that, that, that checks out at least. Um, I don't know. <laughs> he was a part of the Lions organization as a player before, and he went, he was on the Owen 16 team. So that's pretty fun. I think it was a wide receiver or some shit like that. Um, I don't love this one either. Um, 44 years old, not a lot of coaching experience, um, has a lot of playing experience, so that's pretty good. Maybe a player's coach in the making, but I don't know. This kind of, I feel very similar to Salah about this one, because they are rid of a shitty coach in Patricia, who was shitty for a long time, like Case was shitty for a long time, with the Jets. Um, and they replaced him with someone else. That's just a, that's a, that's gotta be an upgrade in my book, so both these hires are definitely good for the organizations, I just don't think they're very good coaches, or at least they haven't proven it yet. It's definitely something to be skeptical because i don't think campbell or salah have ever had a head coaching gig before or at least the nfl they haven't so it's interesting um let's move on to arthur smith i fucking love this guy as an offensive coordinator um as a head coach we'll see um i love how he worked up through how he went around and he worked up through the org for like 10 years ago i remember when people or not 10 years maybe it was like five years ago or maybe like six or seven maybe it was like 2013 around i remember people thought he was only put on this coaching team because his dad's like the owner of fedex or some shit like that um 
I was skeptical of that initially. I thought that was possible because he was like some kind of really low level coach, like a very low level, like, I, I don't even know, assistant to the assistant to the defensive coordinator or assistant to the quarterback's coach or some shit like that. So it was like very low down in the room. Um, but this guy worked his way all the way up. It was great. He fucking has gone up from, from being the lowest rung to the offensive coordinator for two years, competently coached that offense to being, you know, what it is today, which is a very, very respectable and honestly, one of the best units, very underrated unit at least. And I don't even like Derrick Henry. So I feel like that's high praise. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's done an incredible job of delivering results, rising up. Um, it's just, I worry about his soft-spoken attitude, which I've seen in guys like us, Bradley, that makes for a kind of risky head coaching move if you've never done it before. Um, I think Smith was a great coordinator, just like I think Gus Bradley was a great coordinator. Um, uh, but as a coach, I wonder if his calm demeanor, his, his lack of leadership maybe, or his, I, I don't know, they feel like there's some intangibles that coaches have that I don't think Arthur Smith has currently. And I'm definitely willing to be wrong on that. Um, I would love to be wrong on that because I think he's was a really good offensive coordinator. Um, but head coaching gig is so much different. Like you might not even call plays. Uh, so, I mean, he probably will, but I mean, if, if he's not calling plays, then it's a completely different job. Uh, so him being great at the offensive coordinating job for the Tennessee Titans doesn't exactly translate. Uh, I, I worry about that. I, I, I think this is, this could be a very similar Gus Bradley situation, uh, where he's going to be a great coordinator for in the league for a long time, but he's not a head coach. Um, I think that happens to a lot of guys too. I mean, we, I've, I've seen it with the head coaching exists like B.O.B. and Doug Marone are both uh, offensive coordinator and defensive line coaches, but like, uh, respectively, like, these guys sometimes serve better. Gus Bradley, Jack Del Rio. Well, Jack Del Rio was a pretty good coach though, but Gus Bradley definitely, he's, I think he re-signed recently with, uh, San Diego, er, not San Diego, LA Chargers. Um, so, like, I just feel like what will happen is he'll be coach for a few years, and he'll slink back to the offensive coordinator, which is fine. I shouldn't say slink. That is a very negative connotation. But he'll go back to being an offensive coordinator. He'll be a great offensive coordinator. I think he could be a really good one. But, man, I just, I don't know. Uh, there's some intangibles that, obviously, I could be wrong on. I'm willing to be wrong on, but I just don't feel like he's going to be a good head coach, especially since he's also pretty young, too, I think. Um, a lot of young head coaching hires, I think, uh, going on here, which is very interesting. But let's let's move on to the next one. We got Brandon Staley, the 38-year-old coach from the McVeigh tree. I just, I wonder, I put this in the I wonder, is this 2009 all over again? I'm just not sure. I feel like I've time-traveled. Although, it'd probably be cool to go back to 2009. I think I would like that a lot better. Or 2019, sorry, not 2009. I think I would like that a lot better than where we're at right now. I think most people would. Um, so, he's never been a head coach, but he's been coaching 15 years. Probably a bit out on this one. I think I'm a little bit out on this one. But he's super young, and he's never been a head coach. So, there's not a lot really to go on here. Um kind of like a lot of the other guys, uh, I just, I kind of worry about the, the McVay tree, I mean, wasn't, isn't the Bengals head coach, Zach, <clears throat> whatever his name is, uh, Zach Taylor, is, or, is it Zach Taylor? Fuck, who is the Bengals head coach? Am I dumb? Zach Taylor, is it Zach, like Z-A-K, or, yeah, no, no, it's, it's Z-A-C, right? Zach Taylor? Yeah, 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 he's the Bengals head coach, and he was part of the McVay tree, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a quarterback coach. Right, 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 I remember this. Yeah, and he hasn't really worked out so far. I remember it was that big, I guess it was 2000. Yeah, it was 2009 when he was hired. Take me back to 2009. That joke still fucking works. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. It, it's interesting. Um, like I said, I'm probably out on this one, but I don't even know, honestly. This this is different from the Campbell and Salah situation. I'm not really sure. I think I might rather have Anthony Lynn than Staley currently. Uh, like, Lynn willed this very injured with, I don't think this is a very good quarterback, to seven wins, and he was coaching up the presumptive rookie of the year. Uh, I think he's just a flash in the pan, the rookie of the year, obviously, but 
it's interesting that he got cut off that. I know there were some very, very serious coaching decisions that he just did not, like, like legitimate, like, timeout decisions or play calling or any of that stuff. That definitely falls on him that he fucked up on. I will 100% say that. I think that's absolutely what happened to the Chargers this year, um, besides all the injuries that they dealt with. But I don't think the right answer is going with a 38-year-old coach from Nick Vatry who hasn't really done a head coaching job ever. Yeah, I, I, I'm, per, I'm, I'm definitely more out on Staley than I'm any of these guys. Out of Salah, Campbell, Smith, Staley, I'm Smith, Salah, Campbell, Staley, in, in order of being good. Um, let's now go on to the newest of the group. Fucking, this just happened. I had to write up a little thing about this too. This happened like a few hours ago before recording this. But we got Nick Serini, the newest guy hired by the Eagles. He's 39 years old. Interesting. A lot of young coaches. He's been in the league since 2009 uh, with the Chiefs. He was with the Chiefs for like four years. He was the offensive quality control coach. Now, I, I feel like, I, you know, I made a joke about Arthur Smith starting on the, the lowest rung. I think Arthur Smith started up higher than fucking Nick Serini did because I don't know what the fucking offensive quality control coach is, but he also did that with the Chargers when he left Kansas City in 2014. Very interesting. Uh, he'd been the Colts OC since 2018 before coming to the Eagles, which is fine. Um... But only having two years of experience as an offensive coordinator than going directly to a head coach at 39 is certainly a pretty big upswing for this guy's career. I'm not sure if this meteoric rise is warranted. Maybe it is. Um, but I will say that he was taken, or he was on Frank Reich's staff when he went to the Colts immediately, and he was an Eagles guy. Um, and he's a pretty good coach, and the Eagles now bring in this guy who was part of Reich. Kind of feels like they're maybe stealing <laughs> Reich's guys because they want Reich. <laughs> Uh, probably not really, but I mean, it, it is interesting to note. Um, I, I, I worry about this. Um, these, those connections obviously are tentative to like Reich and the Eagles pass, so, uh, pretty tentative, but not a lot of experience here and going into a volatile situation. Very similar, I think, to the Jets. Honestly, it could even be worse. They definitely have better players than the Jets, the Eagles. I will 100% say that. I'll say that a thousand times. I'll say it fucking again. They have better players than the Eagles, or than the Jets. The Eagles have better players than the Jets. But, I mean... The Eagles only had four wins this week. They've got a quarterback controversy. They've got a lot of aging vets that have contracts that are pretty big, pretty massive, and they can't seem to fucking draft. Harry Roseman can't fucking draft for his goddamn life. This guy's an insane person. He, he's, he's been one of the worst drafters. Not a bad, like, signing for agency or, like, keeping guys on, on, on the roster. It's been okay. Um, but, but at drafting, this guy's missed out on wide receivers back-to-back, back-to-back years, and it's still a problem. They still need another wide receiver. I mean, they're going into the year with two guys who are old as fuck who were injured in, uh, goddamn Jackson. A goddamn guy who was on the Bears. I always forget his goddamn name. Alshon Jeffrey. They went into the year with those two guys as their starters and Jalen Rager. I don't know how you do that as a GM. I don't know how you have the the balls to roll into the NFC East, which was obviously a very winnable division, as we saw with those kind of t- guys at wide receiver. You're a dumb fucking idiot. Howie Roseman should be gone, and we should still have Doug Peterson there, and this would be a way better team for it, honestly. 100%. That's how I feel about the Eagles situation. Whew. Serini probably is in the Dan Campbell category for me, above Staley, but like a new guy I'm not really sure to expect. Should be interesting. I, I think I think if you're hearing guys too who are like hard line, like I love this guy's coach, I hate this guy's a coach, especially for these younger guys, I, I would take a lot of suspect into what they're, I would, I would think of them as suspect characters because I don't think you can really form a correct view of these guys unless you've been watching them for some weird reason for the past like 10 years or some shit like that. And I don't think anyone has. Uh, so I would just take into account if anyone's coming really hard on these guys who don't have a lot of experience. If they go hard on, um, Urban Meyer, I guess that's really dealing with a lot of coaching experience. I think that's fine. He has plenty of experience, especially as a head coach, in order for him to be criticized or praised or any of that stuff. I think that's probably okay. But anyway, let's talk about Urban Meyer, shall we? 
I've had a good amount of time to take in all the conflicting opinions in my goddamn head. I feel good about it, I guess. Um, at least this will either crash and burn, which, you know, the Jaguars have been burning for the past four years anyway, um, or this will be majorly successful. Uh, the Jags are really set up with a good two linebackers. They've got two good linebackers. They've got lots of young players. I think PFF recently tweeted out something. When I say recently, it was actually probably a month ago. The Jaguars had the most rookie snaps in the NFL last year, so lots of young players that played. They basically have Ryan Carter, Maurice Jones, Drew. I will stand by that. I'm going to say that for the entire offseason. So you hear me, hear me say that James Robinson is another pocket Hercules in the flesh for the Jaguars, and I love it. They are top three. I think they might be the first in cap space. Uh, which is great because we had all this fucking dead money wrapped up in Clayus Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe, I think, I want to say. Uh, Nick Foles, obviously, all that dumb shit. So we got a lot of cap space opening up. Where the cap might actually shrink, too. So it'll be a lot harder for guys to get contracts this offseason, which could be great for the Jaguars. And even besides that, you got the first overall pick. We got another first. We got two seconds. We got one third. We got two fourths. I'm pretty sure it's like three or four or five or six. I think it's like five or four picks in the top 100. That's fucking amazing. This is a team that is is ready for a rebound. And we got a really, really good coach with a lot of prestige. We got no sales tax. We got no ta state taxes, actually, in Florida, right? No fucking state taxes. How absurd is that, first off? It's fucking crazy. But no no taxes there, dude. Like, I, I don't know. No, not taxes. Federal taxes, obviously. But there are no state taxes. Like, fuck, man. That is some shit. There's a lot of good here. I really hope Meyer doesn't screw it up. Um, it's just a really good situation. Um... I think I like Myers a lot in his drafting ability since he's, you know, still tied into the game. He's been a great career all his career. Um, this has obviously been a really weird NCAA season. So finding talent, you know, later in the draft and finding talent who might not even have played this year or opted out, you know, guys like Pier uh, Micah Parsons, Pier Pierce Parsons, Micah Pier Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State, whatever, um, and Jamar Chase, like, uh, Urban Meyer being plugged in a lot more, you know, last year and the year before when he was a coach, obviously, in 2018, it definitely bodes well for his ability to look at these guys and, and, and have a good grasp on how good these NCAA players are. You know, I, I think that really, really helps in this draft. And this draft is so critical for the Jaguars, man. I think after last year's draft, which was pretty, I want to say pretty miss, um, I, I was just thinking of Chase on, really. He, he's just such a disaster this year. Um, but uh, anyway, um, this is just such a pivotal draft. We have so much draft capital. We've traded away all our good players that we've drafted since, like, 2016 to get this draft capital in order to compete in the future. As long as we take Lawrence, I think we're heading in a good direction. But I, I, I like Myers for sure in his drafting ability. Um, I also really like the winning and love, love, love. I'll say this again. I love that he did it in multiple pro programs. Two, I mean, they're solid programs. UF and uh, Ohio State. Like, these are... These are pretty prestigious programs, but winning two national shows with the, with the Gators and then one with Ohio State, I think, is pretty fucking impressive, I, I, I would think, or I would say. Um, I just, I like the two different organizations, you know, he went two different cultures, two different teams, two very different situations, two different conferences, I mean, all that stuff, that's, that's pretty great, I think. I think it's a little bit of an overlooked thing when we talk about Myers, but, um, you know, there are deaf negatives, um... There's, there's definitely a few negatives, and I, I've harped on the negatives for sure. If you saw my Twitter rant a few days ago, you, you know what they are. Um, there are, like, multiple stories, right, about undisciplined club, clubhouses and NCA violations, but maybe Myers can, like, leave those behind. Uh, Urban Meyer. Meyer. I keep saying Myers. 
Urban, because we have Jason Myers, right? On a kicker team. <laughs> uh, he's our kicker, but yeah, Meyer can leave behind uh, those because, you know, I mean, he's in the NFL and you just kind of throw money around here and it's fine. There's no athletic rules that, uh, you know, you need to follow. Um, I, I want to see who he surrounds himself with and we'll get into that later because when I was watching this, there were no, <laughs> there was <laughs> no one with, it was just Urban Meyer. And now those are, he was pretty much the only coach. <laughs> um, but anyway, we'll talk about his assistants and the GM after this. Uh, but yeah, um, <sighs> I, I was curious to see who's going to bring his D coordinator, and we'll get into that in a little bit, but I don't know how many times I have to say this, and I need to restate this on the podcast for the 80th time, just simply when it's just me, I need to take this podcast just so it can be me, just so I can get my ideas out there, because my ideas are fucking right all the time. Um, my guest ideas are really good. I like bouncing off them, for sure. I, I don't think I've had a single problem with any of my guests on this podcast ever, which is amazing, honestly, um, but I need to get my like strict ideas out, just with just like not a free flow of thought, because I obviously wrote this down, but just... In a way that I can say it, like, without interruption, so I can get all my stuff out and not forget anything. And I wrote all this stuff down, so, you know, it's easy to keep out. But anyway, I'll say this again. We need to switch to a 3-4. The Jaguars need to switch to a fucking 3-4. It is beyond... It's beyond belief that Marone wouldn't even try that at the end of the season, running a 3-4 with the personnel we have. I, I just... I... It blows my goddamn mind. Just take a second and listen to me. Chason and Allen both played 3-4 outside linebacker in college. They can both be the ends. Hamilton is a great 3-4 nose tackle. And if we keep Taven Bryant, he was touted as being like a J.J. Watt-esque guy. He'd be a great 3-4 defensive end. And I think he's, he's not great. He's pretty bad. He's definitely a bust because he's a first-round pick. But, I mean, this guy could play fine in a 3-4, even as a backup guy. Um, Jack and Schobert are great linebackers, who I think are like great at the true linebacker position. They can play the two middle linebackers in the beginning. Um... And then the rest of the stuff can be upgraded as long as they keep, you know, Sidney Jones and Henderson on the outside. They get another, yeah, they probably need a, need a slot cornerback. They probably need some safety help. I mean, they could obviously use, you know, I didn't name the other defensive end or, you know, another defensive end they could they could get into it with um, instead of just having, you know, you just have fucking, what's his name, Tim Bryan be the backup. Or, I mean, if, Ch if Chase Allen isn't working out, you could always get, like, a, uh, uh, a guy on the edge um, that you like better. I, I think I want to say there's a few guys coming out possibly in free agency that they could use but also it, it's really like a free agency i think currently because i looked at it early last season and everyone got franchise tagged they got resigned and it was just it, it wasn't worth looking at it till like february uh at least uh, february like after the super bowl like late february probably but anyway there, there's a lot that can be improved there um i really want to keep cindy jones too and i just feel like we'll, we'll see how meyer goes i hope he leans towards a three four with the personnel he has but you know also if he wants to change it up i think that's fine but you got to make moves to change it up like you got to get rid of taven you got to consider what you have on the on the end side with chase on and even you know um josh allen who didn't really play that much and you know i kind of thought it was a bust coming out of the draft i don't think he's a bust i think he's pretty good but I don't know. We'll see how we'll see how much he plays. <laughs> um, but I mean, there's obviously stuff we can go in a different direction. But if he keeps a lot of the personnel that we have and and, and keeps playing them as starters, uh, then I think you need to switch to a three four. And there's pretty much no change in my mind on that, as long as they keep the same personnel. If they're going for a different move and they radically change, like they get rid of Bryant, maybe they move around Allen and move around Chase on. I, I I don't know. Maybe they don't play those guys that much and they just move on to a different thing. Yeah, that's fine. Just do what you got to do. Um, but yeah, I mean it's. It just feels like with the with the talent we have there, maybe they don't want to use Hamilton either. Maybe they like this out of Goatsis. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they want to switch it up like that. But I, I really feel like this team could really use a three four uh, switch. But I hate the three four. I, I just as a general position that I have, uh, I just kind of hate the three four because usually your three four linebackers can't fucking cover anyone. Maybe they can cover the running back, I guess. But like I feel like you always need to be blitzing the two outside guys when you run three four. And I don't like blitzing five guys a lot. Uh, so I, I don't know. I just. I don't really like the three fours thing, but if you can coach it, like it works, like fucking make it work. 
Um, but okay, let's talk about the updates. <laughs> oh wait, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, so I gave, in the script, I gave Meyer a grade, but, um, he's definitely my favorite guy, I think, currently, out of all the guys who are hired. I think if Banamir or Peterson goes, they'd be better hires, IMO. Like, if Peterson goes to the Texans, I'm gonna be so fucking pissed. Um, but I can see that happening, because he's one of the best guys out there. And, I mean, people are always talking about Banamir being like, hey, why isn't he the head coach? Why isn't all this stuff happening? It's like, I'm pretty sure he's still on a team, and still has duties, and still has to be the offensive coordinator for the fucking Chiefs. After that, like maybe he'll 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 go somewhere. Maybe he'll go to the, the Texans. Maybe they're just waiting, which is definitely fine. I think you can wait for a prize like that. And I think the enemy really is a prize. Um, but anyway, let's talk about the first update, which is that they got an intern. The interim GM has been re uh, retained by the Jaguars, which is pretty cool. Um, he's had some experience uh, with drafting with the Fortnite. I, I like to look at the drafting with the GM stuff because. And on player acquisition and stuff like that's fine, like free agency stuff like that. It can get tricky when you look back on historical results, how much cast days they have, you have to look into all that stuff. And I'm not really sure I want to get into that, but looking at the draft stuff from 2011-2016, he kind of, you know, took the 49ers team that was, you know, Super Bowl contending and, you know, had them for two years and they kind of dumpster dived. Um, uh, again, I, I will re restate that this is such an important draft for the Jaguars. That's again why I pay attention to the draft stuff. But, I mean, he hit in the first rounds a few times. Like, he hit on Buckner, he hit on Armstead. Um, I think that was kind of it recently. Uh, he had, like, some other guys later on. Like, uh, Eric Reed was a guy I think he drafted in, like, 2011-2012, who I think they traded up for, too. I mean, maybe he's got a little nose in the first round. That's not a bad thing at all, because, I mean, Chase I think is kind of a boss, so... I would have rather have Epinesa in the 52nd, whatever the fucking Bills got him. would have much rather had that, because I think he's going to be... A, I mean, he looks like a better player already than Chase on. But, anyway, I digress a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, um, <laughs> I'll just... I'll just say that he... I, I, I think I would have rather gone with Rick Smith. I don't think Rick Smith actually signed anywhere, right? Is he still... Um, is he still out there as a GM? Um, news. No, it doesn't look like he's signed anywhere. If he goes to the Falcons or something like that, that would be great. He seems like he... That guy hits on first rounds every year. Like, I look back before B.O.B. took over that fucking role, which is the dumbest thing ever. Obviously, the Texans did that because they're fucking stupid. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, looking over that kind of... Uh, th those drafts that he had, he always hit in the first round. It's pretty much all the time. After the first round, a little bit less, but that guy always hit in the first round. And I love that. And like I said, I'll, this bear's repeating, and I'll repeat it again. He, We need to hit on this draft. We need to sit on this draft considering all the picks we have. Um, but... I think he's done well in the draft, past drafts, um, in the first round at least, so that gives me a little bit of hope. But I'm hoping the combination of him and Meyer, you know, some good NFL experience with the GM, five years with the 49ers, and he was the interim GM for us last year. I think that gives him some some interesting stability and stuff in the NFL. I think that's pretty good. Um, yeah, so I kind of feel like this. he could be a little bit more of a... a, a a doormat for Meyer, but I think anyone was going to be anyway. We weren't going to bring in, like, a big dude who was going to just take over everything. Maybe that was too much for Rick Smith. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's, let's just, let's just see how it goes. I think, I think the GM was fine. We rehired the interim guy. I think that's fine. And we have a defensive coordinator. Um, so he was defensive line coach for the Ravens. He's been a defensive line coach pretty much since 06. I have no indication on whether he's going to be a 3-4 or a 4-3 guy, which is disappointing. Um, but I do like that the defensive coordinator has been around over Meyer. And the, uh, has been around the NFL for way longer than Urban has since 06 as a defensive line coach and a defensive coordinator. So 
I like that, at least. Um, and then we have the update, 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 update. We got the, a new offensive coordinator, Daryl Bevel. Uh, the name rings a bell for sure. He'd been a coordinator since 06, which is, again, interesting sym symmetry with the DC. Uh, he was the OC with the Vikings from 06 to uh, 10, or 10, I guess, over 2010, and the Seahawks with 11 to 17. Then he was the OC for the Lions in uh, 19 and 20, and the interim head coach of the Lions this year. So, I mean, he's got a lot of experience, again, like the DC in the NFL, which is pretty good because Urban Meyer does not have any NFL experience, uh, at least head coaching or anything like that. So, I, I like those hires for those reasons. And I mean, he's been an offensive coordinator before, which is great. I mean, he was part of that Seahawks team that was, you know, really, really good. I was also looking over his Wikipedia page and said that Bevel was one of the only scouts to go to Russell Wilson's pro day after the disaster that was <laughs> Tavares Jackson, uh, which I think is pretty cool. You know, he's in the glory days of the Seahawks offense. And, and you know, half that fucking Wikipedia article was people lambasting him for his, for his call, which I'm pretty sure Carol said was uh, Bevel's call in the Super Bowl when they lost. And I threw that pick that, what was it, Malcolm Smith intercepted? Y'all know what I'm talking about. The Russell Wilson title lock it fucking connected and hold on to the pick and all that shit like that. Would you run the ball with Marshawn Lynch? Shut the fuck up, dude. If that play had worked, no one would have been complaining. I don't know why uh, people are so angry still or were so upset about that play. It was a fine call. How could you think that Russell Wilson would be intercepted on the one-yard line? It's Tyler Lockett, like, in the slot. It's it's a route that most wide receivers win pretty much every time. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I just, uh... I think that call was fine, and if that still haunts him to this day, I think that's really fucking stupid. Um, but, you know, whatever. Um, he won, he was 1-4 of the Lions as a head coach this year, whatever, the defense looked better, everything looked better when Patricia was gone, so maybe that's a plus in his system, I don't know. But he's, uh, he's worked some pretty good quarterbacks in his day, you know, when he was the Vikings OC in 06, he's working with Brett Favre, and before that he was with Holmgren, I'm pretty sure, in Green Bay. So, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's a lot of experience with good quarterbacks, and hopefully, uh, <laughs> Terrell Lawrence is that guy, and if they don't take Terrell Lawrence, the Jaguars are dead to me, so it's fine. Anyway, uh, so we know pretty much the entire staff, uh, or at least the important parts of the staff, for Urban Meyer. I like that a lot. I think I'm going to go with like a solid B for this hiring, but uh, I mean, that B obviously comes with some caveats. This could easily look in a year or two as a D minus, or definitely not in a year, because this is a rebuilding phase. In two years, if this team isn't making the playoffs, um, or isn't at least close to the playoffs, it's a failure from Urban Meyer, and he, he should probably be fired, uh, depending how much of a dumpster fire it is. Like, if we go 8-8 eight and eight these next two years and shit like that, then that's probably fine. Or, like, if next year, if we get, like, five wins, then we go to, like, seven, if there's progress and stuff, that's fine. And, and then it'll still be a B for me, probably. But, yeah, I mean, th there needs to be some serious improvement on this team, for sure. Um, and that all starts with the quarterback, and all starts with the draft, and that's going to fall to Urban Meyer, for sure. Like, most of this team will, because I'm pretty sure he's going to have full reign, full control. Uh, which scares the fuck out of me, because, like I said a billion times, it's Chip Kelly syndrome. I don't like it. Whatever. That's enough for the coaches. If I were to rank them, I like Meyer the best. I like... God, I guess I like Smith, then Campbell, then Salah, then Staley, then Sirianni. Yeah, that's how I feel about that. Quote me on that. You can quote me on those. Alright. That's enough about these dumbass fucking coaches. Let's talk about two huge icons from pretty much the entirety of me watching the NFL. Retired. Those are Philip Rivers and Drew Brees. Let's talk about Philip Rivers first, because I think there's a lot more to discuss here. Um, obviously, the big question is, is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer? Because, I mean, obviously, if you didn't see this retiring retirement coming, you're a dumb fuck, like the fucking Colts GM, who have pretty much no backup plan. Maybe Jacob Eason's their backup plan, then I kind of like it, but, I mean, he's not a one-year deal. He's a very accomplished quarterback. He got $20 million. He just wants to fucking retire and 
spend time with his family, because that's all that guy does. <laughs> uh, and I guess do church stuff, because I'm pretty sure in his retirement he mentioned, like, a saint's feast day. It was, like, the 20th. It's like, oh, this is saint's, Saint Elmo's feast day. And it's like, all right, dude, chill. Um, <laughs> obviously very religious. But, I mean, that's fine, but whatever. Uh, I just want to talk Hall of Fame stuff. Uh, I came in thinking I liked Rivers for the Hall of Very Good, but not for the Hall of Fame. But I went ahead and did something kind of fun. I looked at some comparisons to his contemporaries. I looked at his stats compared to Eli Manning, Carson Palmer, Drew Brees, and Ben Roethlisberger. All contemporaries, and at least two, if not three, will probably make the Hall. I'm thinking Brees is, oh, Brees is obviously a lock. I'm thinking Manning or Roethlisberger, maybe even both. Make, make the Hall of Fame too, so whatever. Um, I just wanted to look at the stats and see we got some interesting comparisons about, you know, maybe your perception of Philip Rivers isn't exactly accurate in terms of statistics, at least. And Rivers, I don't think he's missed, like, a game in his NFL career. He's missed, like, maybe, like, two games or something like that. He, he's a crazy Iron Man. Um, but let, let's compare to Roethlisberger first. They both came into the league in 2004. Rivers has eight more interceptions than Roethlisberger, but 25 more TDs. He's played in 11 more games than Big Ben. Um, the QB record, though, is in favor of Ben. 156 to 134 for Rivers. The completion percentage is pretty much on point. It's a .5 difference um, in favor of Rivers, and it's uh, the um, the QBR, the QB rate, is a 1.2 in favor of Rivers. Uh, I mean, that's all before the playoffs and stuff like that. Obviously, Ben has Super Bowl rings. Uh, Rivers only has five wins and seven losses in the playoffs. Uh, statistically, I mean, Ben and Rivers are pretty similar guys, and I just challenge you to tell me who, uh, Rivers has been throwing to as a wide receiver besides Vincent Jackson, if you guys remember Vincent Jackson. The answer's pretty much no one. I mean, he's had, obviously, Antonio Gates, he's had guys like LT, Austin Eckler in the backfield to use, you know, stuff like that for sure. But, I mean, Ben, Ben had Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, and before they were talking about, like, Mike Wallace and all those other guys who were great as Antonio Holmes. All those great guys on uh, on his team. And he's pretty dead even in the regular season with, with Rivers for touchdowns and interceptions and QBR and and uh, and completion percentage and all that stuff. That, that just, that's crazy to me, you know, man? That's that, that's something I didn't really, didn't think I'd come into coming into the playoff, coming into the review process for Philip Rivers Hall of Fame candidacy. Um, obviously, the one advantage Roethlisberger has, if you think Roethlisberger is in the Hall of Fame, Regular season stats wise, you kind of have to put Rivers in there too. But obviously, you know he has the rings and the playoff record to back it up. Uh, so that's that's probably what what puts him a little bit above Rivers. But still, I mean, you know, just looking at their careers in the regular season, that's it's pretty interesting. Um, let's do Eli next. Same draft class, obviously. Rivers played eight more games. Eight more games, really? I, yeah, Eli did have the Iron Man. That's interesting. Um, but he had he, Rivers had fifty five more touchdowns than Eli, thirty five less interceptions. 4.5% better completion percentage, and about 6,000 more yards and a passer rating almost 10 points higher. The only thing he doesn't have is two rings. I'll let you decide whatever you feel about that. I feel like Eli should be a Hall of Famer, but man, Rivers blows him the fuck out in terms of statistics. And Eli was throwing to better guys too, I think. <laughs> so he also had shocking Eli. Eli. Eli had some good tight ends and stuff to throw it to. Let's not get that twisted. But better wide receivers, I'd probably say. Plax? I mean, Plax and Vincent maybe are the same, but I'd rather Plax. But anyway, that's fine. I mean, this is just interesting. Um, the next one we have is Brees. He's a Hall of Famer. How does he stack up with with Rivers? Obviously, Brees is a Hall of Famer. That guy's insane. Brees does have about two years of starting on Rivers, um, and he is about two years of starting because I mean, he you know he, he was in Miami for a little bit too with Nick Saban. Stuff like, I think he was with Nick Saban. Uh, he was in Miami a little bit. He was on San Diego actually too, right? Um, 
you know, it, it's a little bit hazy at the beginning of his career, but they kind of started off their, like, real career career stuff. Obviously, Breeze accrued statistics before then, but the real career started when they went to their, like, you know, their own teams. Um, but Breeze blows him out in a lot of categories. He's got three points higher completion percentage, three points higher on QBR, 17,000 more passing yards, 150 more touchdowns, 25 more rushing touchdowns, and about 40 more wins. Oh, if I didn't mention for Eli, I mean, Eli's got a straight 500 record, and I'm pretty sure Rivers is, like, 137 and like 87 or some shit like that. It's like a 66% win percentage. Got a better win percentage for sure. But, um, I mean, Breeze also dominates him in the playoffs and stuff. He's got nine wins in a Super Bowl. Like, Breeze is, blows him out of the water. That's for sure. I wanted to, you know, take a step back and look at a contemporary, but a guy who, you know, obviously is a Hall of Famer, like a legit Hall of Famer. In no way should that be debated. And he kind of blows out Rivers a good amount. So it was interesting to bring, bring us all back, you know, because we're talking about Rivers being better than Eli, being just as good as Roethlisberger in the regular season, you know, in terms of statistics and all that stuff. But, you know, Breeze kind of puts the level a little bit higher there, you know. Um, Palmer is the last guy I wanted to do, Carson Palmer. Um, and he's probably just destined for the Hall of Very Good. He's not going to be a Hall of Famer, obviously. But I just want to see how a guy, a contemporary of Rivers, who, you know, obviously retired earlier, I think he retired in 2017, um, how he stacks up. Um, but Palmer played in uh, 62 less games. But Rivers threw for 127 more touchdowns, 17,000 more yards, and only 22 more interceptions. Uh, at least he doesn't throw less interceptions <laughs> like Eli. Uh, Rivers' completion percentage is like higher by two points. The QBR is about one, or it's like I think it's like 0. 0.8. Uh, most traditional stats definitely favor Rivers, and even Rivers has a better playoff record than him. This is an easy win for Rivers. So I just want to put in perspective, like Carson Palmer is probably for the Hall very good. You could say Phil Rivers is there for the Hall very good too. But, I mean, he blows out Palmer for that. Like, he's in a league above Palmer, it seems like that. And he's a league above Eli, kind of, I think. Eh, close enough. Uh, maybe not a league above, but, like, a pretty close amount above. Those 55 interceptions are crazy. And the completion percentage in the QBR is pretty interesting, too. Um, or the pass rating, sorry. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's 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 very interesting. Um, you know, th those comparisons go. He's better than Palmer, better than Eli, probably just as good as, as, as Roethlisberger, if not better in the regular season, and I'll classify Breeze. That's kind of how River stacks up. Um, and man, what do we learn from this? Um, Rivers just needed fucking some postseason shit to go along with that. I mean, he made the AC Championship game, I think, twice. I, I want to say twice. Um, there was that 14 and 2 team or 15 and 1 team that was fucking insane with like LT. Yeah, I think it was the year he set the touchdown record. That was a crazy year. But man, he's never gotten all the way there. That is, oh man, it's so close. Um, so I think, I think this comes down to like a philosophy type thing, right? Um, I think there are two ways you, most people kind of go. Um, it's either just like based on like stats and all that stuff, or it's about, you know, how this player is woven into the fabric of the league. Like, like if, how, how can you tell the league story without this person? If you can tell the league story without this person, then fuck them, they're done. And I think that's kind of what happens to Rivers. Like if you fall in that philosophic lens of like, he never made his last. He never really did anything. Like he was a part of some good teams back in the two thousands that always made the playoffs. You know the the mid two thousands to the late two thousands, whatever. Um, and, and, and like he's he's got good stats, but like what does it matter if he's not you know a big part of the league? He shouldn't be in the hall for that reason. Obviously, those guys have to have you know no no one's saying that we should put David Tyree in the Hall of Fame because he's fucking made that incredible catch. And you probably can't tell the NFL story without him. Um. But, like, you know, Rivers does have the stats to back it up, and they are really, really good. Um, I personally, after reviewing all this information, listening to some podcasts, Pick 6 podcasts, obviously listening to Will Brinson, Simp Over fucking, uh, Simp Over Rivers and all that fun stuff, I kind of, kind of feel like I'm falling on, I would vote Rivers for the Hall of Fame. 
I'm looking to make an exception to how I normally, you know, weave the story of the NFL. I think it's really important to, like, the Hall of Fame guys are an incredible part of the NFL. But Rivers has been around since 2004. He's part of this great quarterback class. He's been obviously playing for most of my my lifetime. He's been in the playoffs a lot. He's been to there seven times, obviously. He got seven losses. He's been there seven times. Um, he's got... Uh, just, like, some really good touchdown stuff under there. He's obviously the char... I'm pretty sure he's the Chargers touchdown leader, pretty much, like, every leader and stuff for the Chargers. That's pretty huge. I know that, like, comes with, like, being, you know, part of the contemporary time, obviously, because as the NFL's gone on, you less running, more passing, all that stuff, obviously, all that shit. But still, that that's a lot of stuff. You probably can't tell the Chargers story without Rivers at all. That's definitely true. Um, I just wish he made the playoffs, because, man, if he could get to, like, ten appearances, or maybe nine, or maybe get to the Super Bowl, not even win it, maybe get to the Super Bowl once, it'd be a lot easier for people to put him in the hall, but, damn, I do feel like he should get in. I'm not, like, the hardest pusher for him, but I think if push came to shove, I would vote yes, uh, and if not, I'll just settle for the hall of very, very good. Whatever. All right, that's enough, uh, Philip Rivers talk. Let's move on to Drew Brees. Um... There's, I don't think, a lot to say playing-wise. Breeze is an obvious Hall of Famer. Went over a little bit of stats compared to Rivers last time. But I think the important thing is we should talk about who his replacement's going to be. And I think the... the I want to say the Saints are signaling it's going to be Taysom Hill for at least a year. But that's a mistake, especially with all the talent they have on that team. You need a legit quarterback right now. And I know Taysom Hill won some games for them when he played in, in, instead of Breeze, which obviously happened. I, I, I don't think they would have made it this far in the playoffs. It's wonderful for Breeze. To, to be fair. Breeze was definitely on the way out. Obviously, the ribs definitely hurt. I mean, they legitimately probably hurt him. Um, like, a, a good amount. I, I, there's no surprise. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have said anything bad about Breeze. He obviously came back for his legacy, but I wouldn't have said anything bad. I don't think anyone should have said anything bad for Breeze if he just retired after getting those fucking, like, four ribs broken. That boggles the mind for a 41-year-old guy to do. Boggles the mind. But, um, you know, after Breeze, it's an interesting story for the Saints, man. It's a very interesting story, and I think they need a fucking quarterback. I don't think they have a guy on their roster or there'll be a guy in free agency that they want that'll lead the team. They need to draft a quarterback because they are wasting a lot of talent on there who are getting a little bit older and just a really good team right now with no quarterback. And they pretty much have no quarterback. I wouldn't hate... I would actually... I would hate to see James Winston. If you put James Winston as your starting quarterback on a pencil in for an 8-8 eight eight team, you can't overcome how, how much James Winston drags down a team. I watched that from watching film last year on fucking Tampa Bay. They, they were a really good team last year. They should have been a 10-win team if they had like, pretty much any other starting capable quarterback besides James Winston. I'm convinced of that 100%. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I just need to rant a little bit about how much I fucking hate James Winston. At least on his... He's a good fantasy asset, that's for sure. But at least in terms of like a quarterback who you know you want to play for your NFL team, you do not want James Winston. That motherfucker loses games faster than any other quarterback I've seen in the, the entire history of me watching, I think, football, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, who still has a starting job, I guess, after that, you know, I mean, like, we're not talking about, like, Blaine Gabbard or Blake Bortles or any dumbass motherfuckers, but Winston's terrible, <laughs> I will say that a billion times, shouldn't be Winston, shouldn't be Hill, although I wouldn't hate playing Hill for a little bit in conjunction with a rookie, but they need to bring in a quarterback who's not outside on that roster right now to take over for the, for this team, because it's still a very capable, very good, pretty complete NFL team, and, uh, I'm not really sure where the needs are, <laughs> maybe wide receiver, Maybe tight end in the draft. There's good tight ends like coming up, but quarterback should be number one on the board, uh, or acquiring someone in free agency somehow. Maybe Carson Wentz. That would be fucking insane. But he literally has like, uh, fucking. He literally has like. I don't think New Orleans can take on the cap hit, so um, that would be interesting. But I mean, maybe Jalen Hurts. Maybe there's other guys on the move like Matt Ryan or Matt Stafford. Those guys also have great contracts too. But I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Um, I just think the replacement thing is the biggest issue, and I'm curious to see where they go from there, because I don't care about 
Breeze's after stuff, like, he's gonna be in the Hall of Fame, whatever. Um, but I will say again, Taysom Hill is not the answer. He's not going to be a good quarterback, and uh, I'm pretty sure he's got one more year left of his contract, and that is a mistake that the for, um, that the New Orleans fans will have to deal with for the next year. Future mistake. Anyway, that's not for the football stuff right now. Let's do just a tiny bit. It's going to be like a two-minute segment on baseball. Let's talk baseball. Um, I just want to cover the big free agency memes. I still want to say JT Realmuto is the best option out there. He's the best player. Bar none, it's a category of tier one, JT Realmuto, tier two, fucking everyone else who's pretty good, like Bauer, fucking Springer, all those other guys. Even Lindor, I would have. He's definitely closer to Realmuto, but, you know, obviously Lindor was a trade. He wasn't hitting the free agency market. Um, But, man, the Blue Jays have a fucking legit lineup. I wanted Springer to the Mets so goddamn bad. But, I mean, you can look at that lineup. Biggio, Vlad, Springer. Uh, I know I'm missing a few guys that are really good. I'm going to actually pull it up right now because I want to read it to you because it's fucking amazing. Blue Jays starting lineup. Let uh, I just, I just want to read to you because it's fucking great, dude. We got Springer, Biggio, Bo Bichette, Tasker Hernandez, Vlad, Guriel, uh, Gerchak, who's fine. He's a DH driver. Rowdy Tellez, Danny Jansen is the catcher. That's pretty fine. Man, this is such a good lineup. I, I'm just, I'm ecstatic. I mean, Hunjin Ryu had a great year last year. I mean, they got Nate, Nate, Nate Pearson, right? Who who's, who's was playing pretty good? Tamarock, Chatwood, whatever. They got a few, at least well-known names in the starting rotation. I just, I am a big fan of this lineup. I was a big fan of that lineup last year. I had the I had the Blue Jays making the playoffs, and there there's no doubt in my mind they're going to do it this year. There is a zero 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 percent chance that they make the play, that they don't make the playoffs this year. They are a playoff team. It's not close. Um. I didn't talk about the Mets trade too much. Um, I like the deal for both parties. Um, the Indians are shedding cap, obviously. Or not cap. There's no cap in the MLB. But they're shedding, you know, guys they have to pay, which makes sense to me. That makes a lot of sense. I get that. Um, but I think they need to hold on to some talent, you know? I mean, they're trading away Carrasco, who's obviously an aging asset, you know, they're going to a rebuild mode, it seems like, whatever. They got some good prospects in the Mets, so I'll give them that. Mets definitely gave up something. You can give them nothing for him. Um, but also, who needs shortstop talent when you when you have fucking Lindor? Anyway, who needs double A or triple A or even playing in the MLB talent like a uh, fucking Rosario and uh, Jimenez, right? I'm pretty sure is the other guy the shortstop they traded away. When you have a fucking 27-year-old, 28-year-old guy who's going to be signed for a long-term deal. Who cares? Um, the Indians need to retain some talent, though. They're letting a lot of guys go, and that's pretty bad. They need to retain some kind of talent. Like, I feel like this team is kind of falling apart a little bit, considering where their top-tier pitching staff was a few years ago, and their lineup was a few years ago. Ugh, it's not good. Um, but the Mets are probably going to make another splash signing, and they've got a great shortstop now who can hit second, third, first. I don't know, you can still steal, right? You can hit home runs, right? Where's this guy go? I'm not sure, but the Mets have a great lineup, too. Um... And they should they should still sign another big name. I'm pretty sure they ran the Springer running, but they probably want to pay what was it 160 million for five years, some shit like that. It was a lot, um, and I think they're more keen in on another guy that we'll talk about later. Um, but Brantley was supposed to be on the Jays too. I would fucking love it. Oh my god, that lineup. How could that lineup get better? The answer is Michael Brantley. But it looks like he went for the Astros for a pretty sizable two-year, thirty-something million deal. Great signing for the Astros. That guy can hit like no one else. I'm love him in fantasy because that guy hits like 330 and like gets 20 home runs. Sometimes steals a base or two. Is on a, is in a good lineup. Less good, obviously, since the scandal and Springer departure, but still a pretty good lineup. Um, yeah, I just, uh, <laughs> I really like, <laughs> I really like him, and it's a huge signing for the Astros, I think. Um, obviously, the Mets are going to make another big signing, even after bringing in Carrasco. I think they're going to get Bauer. I think they're going to offer him a shit ton of money, especially after losing up to Springer, because I don't really know Cohen that well, but man, after springing for that blockbuster deal for Lindor, um, 
you know, I, I, I do feel like they, they might have considered getting Springer and also Bauer, but now they're going to focus their attention on Bauer. And I'm a little mixed on him. Um, I liked him a lot. I was surprised at how well he did in Cincinnati for a short period of time, for sure. It's a small sample size. Obviously, can't take too much away from it. But I always liked Bauer on that team. Uh, uh, on uh, I mean, on Cincinnati, obviously, you know, that's that's a hard ballpark to pitch in. Um, I liked him there a lot. I liked him on the Indians before there. I was a big fan of his. Um, and I would be happy if Mets got him. I think whatever team is going to sign Bauer will overpay for him. I think that's pretty clear from anyone who knows baseball. They're going to pay for him, which I think is fine for a team that has a bajillionaire or a 10 billionaire or the fuck Steve Cohen is. I think it's probably fine. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think Bauer is probably just like a better version of Syndergaard at this point in their careers. Um, I think that's fine. Definitely an overpayment because you're not paying Syndergaard where you're going to pay Bauer. But, I mean, Syndergaard isn't going to be open market, right? Uh, and Syndergaard's also been hurt recently. But, I mean, if we get Syndergaard from, like, two, three years ago to being, like, a high threes, big strikeout guy, are going to be something similar to that? It's going to be a really, really scary rotation. And, you know, the Mets will lose, like, fucking... They'll lose Carrasco to an injury. They'll lose Syndergaard for a little bit. They might even lose fucking what's-his-name. The guy who opted out that I'm totally making on his name that I don't really like because he opted out. But, I mean, I respect the decision because COVID's a huge issue. But, um, God, what's his name? Why? I can, like, picture his face. Oh, Strowman. That's his name. Marcus Strowman, right? Um, I, I feel like Strowman may miss some time, too. Like, I must have the worst luck with injuries. Um, so bringing an extra, you know, arm talent, and so we don't have to put Lugo out of the bullpen. Please don't take Lugo out of the bullpen. Uh, it's good to have more more starters like that, you know. I mean, the Mets tried to do that last year with Corsello and Waka, but that didn't work out very well. <laughs> um, and those guys are not on the team anymore, so obviously you can tell it didn't work out very well. But, um... Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be happy to get Bauer. I'd be happy to get anyone still. Uh, I really like Ozuna. I'm not sure that there's really a lot of space in the outfield. I'd like him as a DH, but I'm not really sure if the DH is sticking around. Whatever. Also, this the not signing a Springer frees up money to re-sign Conforto for a long-term deal, which I think is pretty important, too, because uh, that guy can hit, too. Uh, but yeah, that's all I want to talk about baseball. That was a good, maybe like five minutes. That was a good talk. But now, let's get to what uh, what's coming up on the docket. Uh, you know, coming up uh, for the NFL. <laughs> we have got two playoff games this Sunday, 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 only Sunday. The spreads are both three points, which I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, I, hmm. I it's well. Let's talk about the first one first. Uh, th three o'clock game. It is the Buccaneers and the Packers. <sighs> Fun fact: Buccaneers were my preseason team to make the Super Bowl and then lose to the, the Ravens. The Packers were my beginning of the playoffs pick to make the Super Bowl and then win the Super Bowl. Still think I gotta go with the Packers on this one. I'll take them minus three. I'll take them straight up. I want to take the Buccaneers. I really do. It's so exciting to get a Brady-Rodgers matchup this late in their career in an NFC Championship game. I think that's hella fun. It would have been a lot less fun if there was a Super Bowl. I will say that. A lot less fun. 100%. But, um... Yeah, it'll be fun to see in the NFC game. I just think the Buccaneers' defense is not as good as the Packers' defense. People have been lambasting, saying how bad the Packers' defense has been. I don't think they're that bad at all. they got a great cornerback. they got a great interior guy. they got two great outside linebackers. Um, Adrian Amos is good. Their safeties are good. I, they're a really well-rounded team. And obviously, Aaron Rodgers playing the best football. MVP caliber for Aaron Rodgers, for sure. Uh, I don't think there's any way for... for for him to lose at this point. Um, but if it's going to be anyone, it's going to be to Tom Brady. I will say that. If Packers make the Super Bowl, though, they're going to beat the Chiefs. I think I think that's a... Or especially if the Bills make the, make the Super Bowl, I'll put I'll put a shit ton of money on the Packers to win. Um, but anyway, yeah, this one, I'm going to have to sadly go Packers minus three, Packers straight up. I like the Buccaneers, and if they make it, that's fine by me. Um, 
I, I like the Buccaneers team a lot. You know, I had Antoine Winfield Jr. as uh, my, you know, defensive rookie of the year, which, I mean, maybe if you make some sick plays this Sunday or, you know, if you Super Bowl MVP or any of that shit, maybe that'll affect voting. You know, it's not supposed to, but maybe it will. Or do they actually do that the weekend before a Super Bowl? I'm not actually sure. Um, but I still got that bet in for Antoine Winfield Jr. winning rookie of the year <laughs> or defensive rookie of the year. It'd be so insane. It's not going to happen. It's going to go to fucking number two overall pick Chase Young. But if it does happen, it'd be fucking insane. I would fucking love that so much, dude. Um, but yeah, Buccaneers, I want them to make it, they still got a shot, this is a very competitive, this will be a very competitive game, um, but I just, I think it's gonna be impossible to stop Rodgers right now, Brady doesn't look as good as Rodgers does, but the Buccaneers, like I've been saying in the beginning of the playoffs, they're the hottest team in the playoffs right now, uh, I guess besides the Packers, because the Packers, you know, had chance to cool off because they had to buy, obviously, best team in the NFC, for sure, I, I like both these teams in, in the Super Bowl, probably no matter who they face, honestly, but, uh, anyway, uh, let's move on to the stupid AFC game. The Bills versus the Chiefs. I'm taking the Chiefs minus three. I don't care. I don't... Mahomes is playing unless he gets knocked out again. He's playing, and he's going to rip apart this Buffalo team. That doesn't deserve to be here, frankly. They don't deserve to be here. They haven't been playing as good as they should be. Uh, uh, fucking Josh Allen hasn't been playing good football. He hasn't really been playing that good football. He played... He played pretty good in, against Indy, but they're barely getting away with these games, man. They should have lost to Indy. I don't think they should have beat Baltimore if Lamar stayed in the entire game and didn't throw that pick six, but, you know... Bills' defense has been playing a little bit better, too. I still don't think the Chiefs' defense is that good, but I think the offense is better than what the Bills have been playing. If they have Mahomes out there, and even out Mahomes, and we get some good odds in there, I'll still take the Chiefs. I'll still take Andy Reid to beat Buffalo Bills. If they make the, the, the Super Bowl, I'll take anyone. I'll take the field. I'll take Green Bay plus or, or mi minus like 300. I'll still put money on that because I know Green Bay is going to win over them, or, or the Buccaneers will probably win over the Bills. Wouldn't it be fun to see a Buccaneers-Bills Super Bowl, though? That would be very, really fun, really interesting. But fuck the Bills. They're mean to me on Twitter. Although they do seem to have a really, really nice, compassionate fan base. I remember they donated a bunch of money to like Andy Dalton's charity, too, when they made the playoffs back in 20, 2017. I think they did the same thing to Lamar's charity. That's some really great work. No other fan base, I feel like, really does that. They really got to give them props for that. You really do. Um, I just don't like the douchebags on Twitter. I keep saying they're being mean to me on Twitter, and that's pissing me off. They're just being like wrong on Twitter, and I'm calling them out on the wrongness, and they're just fucking annoying. <laughs> That's really it. <laughs> it's not like, you know, it's not like fucking, uh, like, oh, they're mean to me, so now, now I flip my views, and now I hate everyone because they're mean to me. No, they're just dumbass fucking idiots, and I really should say that more, because I feel like I'm just saying they're mean to me. They're just fucking idiots, and I hate them, because they're I don't hate them. They're just dumb as fuck on Twitter. The ones I've interacted with, anyway, you know, but their fan base does seem really cool. I mean, you know, I, I love the, the jumping through, uh, fucking tables and shit like that. That's base as fuck. Um, so yeah, uh, can't say by a million though. Sorry, Buffalo. But to be fair, I've been wrong about Buffalo every step of the way. So I could be wrong. <laughs> you never know. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's go. What are we doing now? What are we doing now? I think that's actually it. Um, Super Bowl. I've got Kansas City and Green Bay. Got Green Bay over Kansas City. Um, if I were to go back to what I said on my website, things have gone okay. I think I'm like six and four in the playoffs. I'm like, okay. Um, with most of this stuff, um, let's see my predictions. I had, who do I have at this point? Oh, I had Packers, Seahawks, which is, ah, uh, cause I had the Buccaneers winning. Yeah, that makes sense. Seahawks and all that stuff. Yeah. I, okay. So we had the Chiefs fucking losing in this round to the, uh, the Ravens, which is, you know, obviously not gonna happen, sad Ravens, big sad Ravens boy, but, I mean, you know, we had the Browns losing, the, the Bills there, whatever, I mean, we got the Packers and the Chiefs, that's the two teams we got in there from there, that's fine, I'll probably see Packers in the Super Bowl, I hope we do, because they're my pick to win it all, but, yeah, 
I just really disappointed in the Baltimore one. That's all I have to say. I feel like I'm rambling at this point. I think we're done with the podcast. Um, yeah, I hope you guys like this. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, really hope happy you stay till the end. Uh, if you're still listening to me, um, I ramble a little bit about the playoffs. Uh, what am I currently actually? Straight up, I am. Yeah, I'm six and four straight up, and six and four with the spread. Not great, but you know, not the end of the world. <laughs> um. Yeah, so uh, that's all good. I hope you guys enjoyed it again. Um, I love doing podcasts, and I don't care if it's for 2 or 20 million people. I am happy to do it, and I'm happy someone is listening to me. Thanks, guys. Peace out. That's it for this episode of the Bacon Game Sports Pod. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And follow Jesse on Twitter at E-S-S-E-J-T-H-E-S-L.